0: Faith over Breakfast. This is Eric Seaton from the village, and I'm sitting across from Andy Littleton from Mission Church. In our um, I guess I like the word opulent, uh, but it's not. We've got like (laughs) one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, I think, black panels on the walls, and two on the ceiling. Um, they've got a cool light. Cool light, cool mics, mics. Yeah, and, and we're starting to upgrade. Uh, we may have some arms here soon. I think I'm supposed to order. Yeah. And uh, I have two arms. You have two arms. It's yeah, arms cool. for our mics. Oh, yes. All right. And uh, maybe we'll have some guests. Yeah. I think there are some guests that are supposed to be on at some yes. point because they've yes you know given money to your book. Yeah. Which yep. is uh, does it have a publishing date or at least going well, to the publisher?
1: I've said. Uh, I've said June of this year is when is people true. would get it. And you know, I, I have to decide how far that little book goes, but th- you'll at least get something of a, there will, there will at least be a printed version by then. <laughs> at least. Yeah. You'll be steeply. Later <laughs> <laughs> no, be, the manuscript out. It'll be like an Amazon bound, decent little book. Oh, by June. Sure. You think it's going to be done by June? Yeah, I, I can, even if it's, an un, an imperfect proof that goes to the the people who gave like like the it would be good it would be done complete bound all that should cool. be done by June awesome yeah. look forward to it and uh, you might find a typo I don't know oh, we'll I'm see. sure we will yeah I'm sure you will and then we'll just see who my real friends are yeah that's
0: right <laughs> they'll be the ones who tell you about the typo. tell me about the typo right. and, my, I think my wife we, found five typos in the first. Uh, uh, Harry Potter book. So whoa,
1: whoa! Well, that makes me feel better. Yeah, so it's not. I mean, even though that's really long, it's a long book. Yeah, but still, five top typos in a book of that magnitude. magnitude. Yeah. Hey, what an introduction we've just done! Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk about uh, and a little individualism, how you know, depression uh, is, yeah, depression, anxiety are resulting from that. How we've talked about that at church lately. Yeah. So, um totally I would say people enjoy ideas, but thoughts yeah. stirred up. Yeah, yeah. So and then we'll uh we'll be back next week. Sweet. Um, the truth is I just belched and this is Faith Over Breakfast. And yeah. we didn't record it, but I'm still gonna tell you about it. Yeah. This is Faith Over Breakfast. And, I'm uh, uh, Eric. I'm Andy, and we're going to do an introduction for you uh, at the end. So that's that's all we're going to say about yeah, that. Tell you who we are. Hey, uh, we've had a couple of weeks off, um, just because you know it's, it's our world and we get to do what we want. We do. No one pays us to do these Nobody, podcasts. That's the beautiful thing about not getting paid is you know what? You can take a couple of weeks off. You can take a couple of weeks off. And maybe
0: that's the way the world should be. Maybe it should. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we should live in some kind of socialist collective where. We're already paid, so we're just doing what we want.
1: And uh, yeah, but that would blow the whole thing. You have to not be paid. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nobody's giving us anything, so there's this, just this is the mm,
0: thing we donate to society. Mm-hmm. This is our
1: contribution. So it's our gift to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm the pastor of Mission Church, and Eric pastors the village, and we're uh, we're just sitting down at the table. I just ate a Chick fil A sandwich and some had some coffee. Eric ate. Ten hours ago, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, um, I had to pick up a little boy and take him out to breakfast. Well, he's not little anymore; he's 13. So, yeah, you
1: related to this boy?
0: No, I am not. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, just, just a strange a boy. Young man at the church. Ah, oh, oh, cool. That actually is yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, sweet, and uh, we're, uh, you know, we're just catching up. So, so the idea of this podcast, Faith Over Breakfast, is Eric and I um, kind of have breakfast. Or we sit down like we're having breakfast. I usually have breakfast, and he doesn't. Someday I will have breakfast. Someday you will. We used to ha- always have breakfast. We used to always
0: have breakfast. And I, and I don't know if you've ever talked to uh, the EXO owners to tell them we no longer meet in their top place.
1: I actually didn't, but... Um, we're sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, It was good food in a fun place. It was great. But uh, but now you can actually hear us and that's good. So we're in uh, we're in our little studio space that we've got here over at my wood shop. Um, but basically, uh, we we're pastors. We talk about what's going on, and it's not scripted. So it's not like you're getting a spiritual speech. You're just hearing how we work things out. So right. uh, we were just sharing and, and stuff we can't really go into. But but just there's been hard stuff over the holidays for us that's impacted people we love. Like yeah. really really hard stuff. Yeah. And, um, and so that's, that's just, that's just true. And you were just saying that you've seen some, you know, statistics on how we're doing and how individualism isn't working. Interestingly, which I didn't mention, like my sermon on Sunday was 80% on individualism and how well it works and how not, not (laughs) well, how it's it's not working. So, uh, so you know that seems to be on our minds. And yeah, it's
0: it's on, definitely on my mind. So where did you find this statistic? What did you say? I, I was actually listening to a podcast called Mission uh, Theology on Mission. Theology on Mission, I believe, is the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's two guys from Northern Seminary. Okay, and they're hilarious, and they were just they were actually looking at a um, uh, USA article that. USAA yeah USA yeah. that had to deal with the increasing amount of anxiety and depression that our world is experiencing and and one mm-hmm. of the professors was talking about how since 1999 the uh, suicide rate has gone up
1: 30% 30% which is pretty incredible i mean gone up there i was i was just in my head, for some reason, I went to a third of us. No, no way! Us. But no, it went up
0: thirty percent. Went up thirty percent. So there's an increase in instances mm-hmm. of suicide, and you know, you can think about some of the major ones uh, that happened, going all the way back to Robin Williams, mm-hmm. um, and then his name Bourdain. I was the the cook guy. Yeah, yeah. People that seem unexpected. Everyone thinks they're happy. They're you know, the public
1: persona looks the, great. Yes, it looks right.
0: great. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, and so I haven't listened to a lot of the podcasts. Uh, I was just listening to bits of it on the way over. Yeah. See, actually, Tuesday, I drive a lot. So it's sort of my podcast day. I just, am in between, you whatever appointments. one and then you listen. Yeah, and them.
1: I listen to them all the way through. I was actually listening to my sermon. Um, oh, wow. Before, which I don't, I, I do often, but I don't usually do right before this or this right. early in the week. But I was kind of it was long. <laughs> I was I was aware of that at the end of it and, then, and I was wondering, you know was it would it hold my own attention right? So that's part of why I was listening to it right um, but I was I was thinking through the, the ways that I talked about individualism and, and one of the you know it just seems like the epidemics now, and two that I mentioned were depression and division, right? And I was just kind of one of the one of the points I was trying to make was that individualism is fueling both, right? Yeah. How do you how do you see, um, in your in your context? I mean, we're not. I'm not a sociologist. I'm not studying. I don't. You don't study those things. I don't. I'm I don't mean, study many things. There are many things I do not study. But I think as a pastor, though, you
0: are at some level a sociologist because you're studying yeah. social structure and context. And you're, yeah. you know, and how
1: everybody in your church interacts and what dynamics are forming and shaping them. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is you and I have these little sample populations yes. of our churches and the extended reach of those and our right. families and right. where we we are applying these things. Right. And you know. predominantly, I guess, I mean, to
0: be, to pretend like we are sociologists, between our two churches, we just have a healthy collection of millennials and Gen Xers. That's, that's kind of what we're, ch- our churches are made up of.
1: Yeah. I mean, like two people outside of that. Right, right. <laughs> we got one or two people <laughs> on the
0: outside of that. We got a few baby boomers. Yeah, there. yeah.
1: Um,
0: which, so, so we have sort of this very narrow collection of people who are shaped by culture. And I think a particular kind of culture, yeah, and I think that's a big deal that we maybe don't think so much about is that our culture has started to tell us like the important thing is to be happy. Like, right. I think I run into that as like I gauge my life on am I happy or not, right. right? And how do I achieve happiness? But happiness is relatively,
1: I don't know, undefinable. Well, it's undefinable and it's and it comes and goes, and you can be in the same situation right. and feel happy today and be in it tomorrow and not feel happy. Right. And then 10 years from now, it might make you happy again and you just don't know.
0: Right. Well, I think I was thinking when thinking about all this, um, I was asked to recently to make a, a reading list for somebody who would be interested in, in doing soul care uh-huh. in a ministry context. And one of the books I suggested uh, is one that we both read is, uh, you are what you love. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think in that book, yeah. um, and not to butcher anything, but, one of his main arguments is James K. Smith's yes. book. Yeah, thank you, James K. Uh, he is arguing that the church needs to have a very strong narrative to yeah. counter the narrative of value, yeah. right, <clears throat> and <clears throat> yep. mission, because there's a value in mission in our culture. Mm-hmm. It's you, like you're saying in your sermon, happiness, and also uh, financial achievement, and particularly physical attributes. Yeah, beauty is a big, big part of it. Yeah. What makes you beautiful? You need to be financially successful and happy. Um, right. And so the the church, some of the things that I think, I've been thinking a lot about this, maybe based on one of our podcasts in the past, is to what makes the village and what makes mission. And churches in this sort of vein different. Yeah. And the one thing that I began to, to think about that is, you and I grew up in churches, but those churches didn't have identities. Right. They had denominational connectedness.
1: Yeah, like a collective identity that was way bigger than the actual church itself. Don't act awkward because I'm taking a photo. <laughs> just, just talk. Just do whatever you do. Yeah. So, I mean, the
0: I think the important thing is that like the church needs itself a very strong narrative about its mission and where it's going and what it's doing and what God's calling it to. Yeah. Um. And how you and I are part of Jesus's mission and how He's designed us for that particular thing. He hasn't right. designed us to go out and pursue happiness to sculpt our bodies into the most beautiful yeah. point that we can get them to. The reason I to just took photos money. of
1: us, by the way, was to to make a point on the beauty, like to right, show right, people right, what right. it really looks yeah, like.
0: Yeah, so I know The joke is that we, we do radio. or a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But we stand in front of people, and people observe us all the time yeah. and make comments about our physical appearance. I don't know if you've experienced that yet, but as a pastor...
1: The, for- the other day, I was told that those were the, somebody's favorite shoes I'd ever worn. And I yes. realized, oh, <laughs> people are paying attention to they what pay, I'm wearing. Yes, right. isn't that uh, interesting? Um, yeah. But it's... it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, it was, it was a great compliment, but I was, it was like, oh... It matters. (laughs) It does matter. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's.
0: I I think like we have to really remember as pastors and as people of Jesus, but as leaders, like, hey, like we need to counter the gospel. Counters the message of happiness with with the message of joy and fullness because Jesus does not give us
1: life that is full. Um, Enjoy. You know, we and this came up in the sermon because it was first John one one to four and the end of it says our joy will be complete and I you know was trying to I briefly made the point that this isn't like happy happy is I feel good right now right. joy is this deep abiding you know like something that that can carry you through the darkness right right yeah
0: are you guys preaching to first John
1: yeah oh my gosh uh one of the
0: guys at our church um Sat down and completely written out the book
1: of First John. Yeah,
0: and it is the most powerful. Huh. His own, you yeah, know, kind of a like UG a commentary Peterson.
1: or a paraphrase. It's
0: A paraphrase. Huh. It is powerful. I will send it to you. Like Please. I have started. Like I, I love First John. First John is like yeah. one of those books where you almost feel like you're in some mystical. Yeah deep space when you start <laughs> reading it but anyway like i love his paraphrase i'll send it to you okay i'm sure you'd be, be happy that you,
1: be you awesome. read it and use it any way you need to but so yeah what were you saying before i jumped in oh well, no
0: no like i i think you were talking about
1: joy I think yeah it's important yeah yeah this uh Anyway, I want to connect it back to where you were, but maybe, maybe. We just well, I impressively... was just saying that our
0: our, our narrative is about yeah. joy and fullness and the mission of God and the way that God has designed us is not necessarily for the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of right of the sculpting of our physical appearance that is fleeting and
1: right financial gain. Right. Yeah, it has to be. Those things come and go, and yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, how so? Um, and and back to James K. A. Smith's book, like the is, the church, the work of the church is to shape people into a, that story, right? And to specifically, I, I think, understand what the other story is, and intentionally move people the other way, right? right. And mm-hmm. and James K. A. Smith would say that would also benefit the society right. deeply that, you know, and it kind of indirectly, but deeply to have people who are formed by a different story within it, holding right. it together. Yeah.
0: Well, I think like we're, we're going through the book of Daniel. We started mm-hmm. the Book of Daniel that and just for this year, the new year you started. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and so I introduced it this week. And so next week is where Daniel says, uh, you know, that they don't want to eat mm. any of the food and that whole process. Yeah. But it's interesting because Daniel and his friends agree to do everything else.
1: Yeah, right.
0: But they decide the food. And you you have to ask, well, why? Why the food? Why the food? And you can make there a lot of arguments for it, but the one that seems the most likely to me is that they decided to choose a particular thing that was going to be a cultural, like a thing that was going to set them apart. Hmm. And, And in a way, it was saying, like, were different. And yeah. food, how you eat food, and we even know this now in our culture, <laughs> makes you different. Like if you're a vegetarian, it yeah. sets
1: you apart. The right. fact that I just ate Chick-fil-A says
0: something. It does say something
1: about you. I'm not sure I like what it says. Right. I mean, Daniel,
0: he's like, let's be vegetarians and drink water, and then they end up more plump. I don't know how that works, but...
1: Yeah. Really Why is it all the vegetarian, vegan people aren't plump? Yeah. There's there's something about it. I'm <laughs> no. having a Bible inspiration problem right now. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> all of a sudden. Look at us. If we don't look more healthy and plump... Maybe. You know what? Pro- chances are, back then, everyone was... A little plump? Mm. Or a little lean. A little lean. Yeah, probably. And so if you had healthy meat on your bones, our our version of plump yeah. um, might be. Could be. A whole, a whole Except thing. that
0: all the king's food was, you know, sacrificed to the gods. And, well, the gods didn't eat much, so the kings were probably all fat. Enterprise of fat
1: kings. Well, there was that one king who got stabbed and didn't know it. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> when you don't know there's a knife in you because you got so much fat going on. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got off track. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I did have Chick-fil-A this morning. You did have Chick-fil-A.
0: <laughs> I don't know, so how do you think about, like, because, okay, <coughs> anxiety and depression, I mean, I think those are probably the two things outside yeah. of, you know, financial struggles that people face in their lives that like the desperate moments Mm -hmm. of death and, um, tragedy, like just every day, plodding along, it seems like more and more people describe their life as being depressed
1: or anxious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, I don't want to talk like I'm from outside of this. I mean, one of the things I was saying in the sermon was like, we have to own that we are individualists and like, that's kind of the first step here. Um, and so, I mean, I would even say in this last week, I mean, part of it had to do with some of the dark stuff that's going on, but some of just the troubles of life. Like I felt pretty down, um, and and there's some, and there's been some. I don't know, a couple nights ago, I I had to, I couldn't fall asleep because I was thinking about everything. So there it is, anxiety and depression, right? So I'm not, I don't feel like the expert. So, and, um, which is great because I'm not, but I. I mean I I know cuz what I did when I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night is I sat down with God and said God I I am just really having a hard time believing that I can't figure this out and that I could trust you to right and so I can't sleep but you know that's that that is like a a subtle belief in myself that like if I I can put these puzzle pieces together, it'll be all right. Right. You know? And, uh, and I would never, I, I would on the flip side, you know, get on somebody's tail if they just didn't think about their problems at all. And just said, "Oh, right. well, God's God's going to take care of it. You know, there's, there's a fine balance between, but I, but I think it's the being willing to walk into something and work on it versus like a deeply held belief that, I am, I alone hold the power. Um, so that's a way I see it play out in myself. Um, but I also, I mean, the thing that was the point in the sermon I was trying to make was that individualism is crushing and divisive and it's crushing because at the end of the day, all that's left is you. Um, and so there was a, there's a guy I quoted Martin Seligman, um, and he he had said essentially, we when we run into the difficult times in life as an individualist, we look for spiritual furniture um, to hold our weight. And all that we have left, all the sofas and the the chairs are gone because we don't trust in anything outside of ourselves. And all that's left is a a rickety folding chair of the self. Um, and And then he went on to say, you know, and then when problems arise, there's no one left to blame but yourself. And that's what, that's where the deep depression, Hmm. like when, when it's been you, you've created your own God, however you want to say it. Um, And it, and it doesn't hold up and it doesn't go well. It's just, it all falls on your own shoulders. Um, And then the divisive part, like I kind of tacked onto that and said, and then if you can't, because there's some people who are just crushed. But then there are other people who just can't accept their own faults and all this. And I think that's where the us versus them stuff comes in where you're just pointing and you're going, look, you blew it. You messed up the world. You people, if it wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I suppose that comes collapsing down and falls back on yourself too sometimes when you see the same problem in yourself. But if you can't see it, you're just pointing fingers. So that's, those are ways I kind of worked it out at church on Sunday, but
0: it's interesting because yeah. I mean I I sort of worked out sort of the same ideas maybe coming from a different place on Sunday, um, because I was talking about the process of stripping one's identity, yeah, and how the the Babylonians did that to yeah. to Daniel and also talked so I kind of connected that to our culture and how the world as we being exiles as followers yeah. of Jesus have our having our soul sucked out of us our identity removed and how we end up stepping into that yeah um but one of the
1: interesting <laughs> there's a noise that makes <laughs> me feel like someone is digging into our building from the top <laughs> yeah and i'm waiting for the pallet to be dropped down <laughs> so they heal this man ah can't um anyway. Good that's kind of interesting, and, that and your funny. necklace just broke.
0: Oh, it's weird. All right, happening here. No, but one of the things I then just kind of talking through all that uh, part of. <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody. Part yeah. of it is just uh, like so. People need to feel like the world of somebody is depending on them. Yeah, and that there's something that they can do or be that. requires, why that's greater than themselves that if they don't, Mm. if they don't do it, you know, and it can be really just a simple thing is like, if they don't get up in the morning and get their kid ready, their kid can't get to school. Yeah. There's a consequence. So when, what happens is when people get depressed and have anxiety and are suicidal, it's like, they get to the point where they think nothing that I do matters. Right. But if you have anything that matters, And you have a community that says you're valuable, Mm. and then you can see the project happen. Like you Mm. can go do it, and it's simple enough that that you actually, your whole countenance changes because we're created by God to actually matter and to have a world
1: of people to tell us, no, this is who you are. And when you don't have those, and that's the community part, why the individualism doesn't work, right. is, is to believe you, which the whole goal of individualism is to believe you matter. Right. But when you don't have that, when you don't let others appraisal, the hard part is others are going to praise you poorly. And sometimes you need to hear that. And sometimes you have to reject it. Right. Um, but you also need other people to call you to, to matter right. and to see how you matter. Well I think that's yeah. why the whole story form thing is important, because if the church is liturgical
0: things and it's coming together or in a in a healthy place, right, then despite all the little individual human, you know, malfunctions where I tell you you're not valuable, like the church itself is saying, No, you're an image bearer of high value right. and it continually every Sunday you come is repeating that to you and saying, No, Jesus you're so valuable that Jesus died. Like right. he he actually became yep. human for you. Yeah. You know, and so it rips yeah. that whole individualism out because the community says you're valuable yep. because the act of the God of everything. Yeah. As my church hates it when I say the God of the universe, because it's my favorite phrase. But
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and they go. Again. Again, oh, the God and of the God universe. God is- I thought it was a relatively new phrase, and then I went back and listened to like Term is 20 years ago and I'm like I'm the god of the universe I'm like I don't know I guess
1: that's just my phrase for god now I say like you say god of the universe just over and over and over. over again that's my transition the god of the universe well it was like god of the universe oh god of the universe it was god of the universe came and yeah well that's cool yeah yeah the um I mean how long have you been talking about this Forever.
0: Yeah. I think the thing that's changed in me is I'm actually, I think I felt very, still very defeated in the midst of all of these ideas. I think as I've walked more with Jesus, but I feel that things have changed, but I also feel like, like God is, God is always about something, even in the suffering Mm -hmm. and pain. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not, doesn't mean I'm happy all the time, but I really feel like, okay, like God is doing something. And he's inviting me to be with him yeah. in it. Even in the suffering, he's going to open doors for me to, to speak of his glory, to yeah. be transformed into his likeness and to find a deep joy. Like I know those are lovely, nice phrases, but yeah. they're real, they're reality and they're really yeah. deep and good.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I've been, uh, I've been continually reminded, um, I mean, briefly on Sunday I kind of went off notes for a second and mentioned a little that I was talking about one of the symptoms of individualism within the church is when we don't engage and we don't feel like it. and don't really think there's, you know, with God or with the church. Right. Um, And, and just talked about how the joys that we miss out on when, when we go, when we don't think we need anything and it turns out we did, or, or when we think that, that this is going to drain me and it turns out we get a gift and, and one of the interesting ones was that when I was going through, um, when I was going through a divorce, when I was, you know, it was just about ten years ago, um, there was this day like where I did not want to go to church. I was like, and I actually I was going for the second time that day. I'd gone in the morning, and so I had every reason to, to not, like, go. not go at night. Like. Right. And part of me had been like, I really need, any community, but I was just like, I don't want to talk about this. I'm exhausted. Right. And I would just so rather stay home. And for whatever reason I went. And uh, this woman who was standing behind me at the drink cooler asked how I was doing, which is the last thing I wanted to happen. I'm asked. And uh, you know, a couple of years later I married her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and you know, and she's walking with me today, and you know having to be very patient with me all the time but but you know and i and I kind of jokingly said, like I'm not saying that's gonna happen for for us all, but for whatever reason, on that day, I thought the last thing I needed was people around, and God introduced me to a, the one of the more profoundly like one of the people who was going to be deeply involved in my life right on the day I thought. I'd rather be left alone right now. Right. Wow. And uh, so there's just one little example, but the uh, but even the fact that I brought that up at church, right, is like that was that was the darkest, most confusing period I've ever faced in my life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, easily it was horrible. And but you know, I've shared out of that, and and walked with people who are going through it. And, you know, and I don't, I don't want to say like, I mean, cause it is not simple and like, you know, problems are still, things still hurt. But, but at the same time, it's like I would never look back on it and say it was without meaning. Um, and without like that God was not there. Um, even though at the time it didn't feel that way. Um, so that was, I don't know, that's something that's dawned on me. And I, and I, um, John Piper has that book, future grace. And just the, the concept of it is I've seen ways that God has been faithful in the past. And so I'm going to believe that the same is happening now and will happen later. Um, and, uh, I don't know. That's, that's kind of something I've learned to hold on to is I've been through some really, you know, dark, terrible stuff. And, you know the closest people to me have died. You know the people who've died in my life are were the closest, and went through this divorce, and you know, and looking back and seeing, okay, God's been faithful through this. Mm. You know, so that's one of the ways that I, I've been able to see that. You know, look back on on stuff and realize, yeah, there's more. There's more going on here. Yeah, that's powerful. Not sure how that applies to what you were saying. No, actually, at the I'm end, I'm here, almost you know? thinking like this has just been a good podcast. We might be <laughs> just to end right now. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think people have endured uh, hours with us before. Yes. You know, uh-huh. we, we? can give them a 30 minute. Yeah, welcome, no. welcome back, welcome 2019. Back. Yeah. Good to have you. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, see you later.
0: Bye bye.